0: always good to be at believers church amen good to see my hunting buddies my biker buddies my friends from another mother all kinds of things man i just love coming here i was having such a good time yesterday i was at uh of course staying at the sims hotel and they always take very very good care of me and then uh, went over to Clint's and hang out and we were outside and then Clint said he was gonna take me out to dinner and then I said, well, there's an important ball game cause Kentucky plays Alabama tomorrow. So could we just stay home? So he said, yes, Mel wanted to stay home anyway. So we cooked and had a good time. And I just had to let Chris know that we beat his team thoroughly. Where's he at, is he in here? He, he's next door. So you all remind him, UK beat you bad yesterday. And then he gets me back in football. But uh, then we were sitting there and I was telling him, I said, uh, I told her how old I was. And she said, whoa. And then Mel said, Emma, is that old? And she said, he's old. But uh, I was thinking that as I come here, I have so many different friends. And I was thinking today that a lot of times I'll put on Facebook and I text my friends like Eric and many of you that get my texts, hey, I'm coming in town and, Let you know that I'm coming and I thought on the way here and I thought this morning um, And I know we're recording this so if other churches see this i'm gonna get in trouble But this is one of my favorite places to be And I love you guys And all year long god speaks things to me for you all I pray for you I see you on facebook and follow you on facebook and and I want to say this I thank you guys for being a partner to help send me to the next place I thank you for your support every month. And not only am I on his board as, as being an overseer, but he is on my board as well and does the same thing. We talk regularly, we text, we stay in contact, and it's always great to have great friends like my buddy Clint. And I love you guys and love Mel and the family and smart Mabel, and she just keeps getting smarter. I don't know. This is what she is, amen? So, but it's good. So turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to read a scripture here, and I may read just a little bit here, and I don't normally read a lot of scripture uh, like that, but for this reason today I have a, I believe I have a mandate for you to give you this word today. So it says this in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, it says, For he has rescued us, From the kingdom of darkness, so think of the word rescue. If you have your highlighter or your pen and you have a Bible, underline or and where I'm using New Living Translation to make this point, rescue. So for He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and look at this and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Look at the next verse, verse fourteen who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And that's exactly what Jesus done. Now, I travel throughout the country, sometimes overseas, mostly in the United States. I go from state to state each week. And I run across lots of people that tell me they're struggling. They go through life and how many has had Things that you struggle with being an addiction, confidence, uh, maybe your personality, whatever, that you struggle with things. And I want to say, I would ask everyone that would raise their hand, but I don't want to embarrass anyone because there are times that we struggle with things. How many have ever said this, God, I will not do that again, and then done it? I want to ask you to raise your hand on that one. Yeah. Amen. Most people do do that. And I've said that many times. I'm not going to do that again, and then I do it. So I, I was in my office this week and and preparing this, and I found this scripture, which is one of my, if I said, if you ask me what my favorite chapter probably in the whole Bible is Romans 8. And I'm going to read this very quickly, and then I'm going to make some points, and then I'm going to pray for you, and and I, I, and we're going to go home. But today... I don't want you to just go home and just do your normal thing. I want you throughout the day to think about being rescued and being transferred. All right? So Romans chapter 1, verse it says this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. I'm just going to read it right on through, okay? And because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And he did this so that the just, that he, I mean, Let me start all over. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit you have, the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those Who do not have the Spirit of God living in them do not belong to Him at all. And listen, look at this. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal body as those same Spirit living in within you. Therefore... Dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if though through the power of the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, look at this last scripture here, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I'll go one more. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you are received. You have received God's Holy Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now you call him Abba Father. And look at the last one. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that you are God's children. I see lots of people struggling well, I've sinned, I've messed up, I've committed this one. I dealt with some things this week with some people that, that people had, had relapsed in drug rehab. I've dealt with some people that relapsed with some alcohol stuff. I've dealt with some people that want, uh, we, um, there was a person that was in jail and said they would never go back to jail, and they went back to jail. I'm seeing more struggles, and and as now as people are being honest, and I mean, you don't need to put all your dirty, listen to me, you do not need to put all your dirty laundry on Facebook, social media, all right, do not, but as we see more and more people do some of those things, I was thinking about how that God has rescued us, and I'm going to give you kind of an assignment, if you have an iPhone, iPad, whatever phones you have, I want you to Or if you have your Bible, write it down if you're doing, you know, old school. I want you to write this scripture down. I'm not going to read it today. But I want you to write down Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. If if you have the Bible app, you can go in there right now very quickly and highlight it all. You can pull it up, read it later. I encourage you to read that scripture, Ephesians 2, 1 through through 10. But really in life, there are only two primary influences in our life there's the influence of god there is the in, and number 2 is there is influence in the world and for a long long time we hear people talking about the world is influencing me instead we ought to have more influences from god than influences from the world and why is that is it, and the reason that is is we allow the worldly things to control us and we and our body I mean, go back and read that scriptures that I read in Romans. He said our bodies try to always do the wrong things. I'm reading right now, I, 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 and I don't know why uh, this. I, I was inspired, but I'm reading right now in Leviticus. And if you ever read Leviticus, it is a hard thing to read. I read today two chapters. And I read how if someone gets a spot on their skin, they're supposed to go do this, do this, bring two turtle doves, do a sprinkle of water, they bring the hyssop branches, they sprinkle stuff on it, they do this, then they have to quarantine themselves for seven days. Then after seven days, they go back to the priest, the priest inspects them. If the spot is now yellow, they go back and quarantine seven days, and they have to do this, and they have to start this. And I'm thinking, oh my God, Lord Jesus, I'm glad I don't have a skin infection. Because, I mean, you, you read that over and over, and I'm struggling reading, be honest with you. I'm struggling, like, why do I need to know this? And as this morning that I was reading this, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, Kenny, I want you to go in there today and tell them that, G- that God sent his son Jesus to rescue anything your face. I sent you to, I sent my son Jesus to rescue every person at Believer's Church today. And he takes it even farther. He said, I sent my son to rescue the world. And so when we think about this, the influence of the world says this. The influence of the world says, be independent. Do your own thing. Be who you are. And we think of that, secular humanism is man-centered. It's around what I want. It fulfills what I... Have you ever tried to fast and then when you're fasting, someone that would never buy you dinner or lunch offers to buy you dinner or lunch? Have you ever tried to fast and say, I'm going to be real spiritual and I'm going to fast and we'll see God and all at once someone brings some barbecue to you or someone gives you some chicken like I had yesterday? I hardly ever eat two pieces of chicken during a meal. But Clint made it so good, it slapped, I wore it out last night. And I'm looking at that, bu- that thing of chicken that he grilled, and I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to eat that second piece, but if I do, they're going to think I'm a pig. But I thought, well, no, I'm not, because they're my friends and they shouldn't call me a pig. <laughs> so I said, give me that plate, and I've got another one and ate another one. So good. I mean, thought, I was thinking about this morning. I was like, if, if I had that for breakfast this morning, I'd eat for breakfast. It was good. But but it's man-centered, and it it has a high view of man. And here's the issue and the problem that we have. Many people that are unsaved have an inaccurate view of God because they've not read the Bible, because someone has not explained to them, listen, God is good. Come on, everybody say, God is good. God is good. I knew someone was going to throw me in there all the time. That's one of those things that everybody's always do. God is good all the time. Woo! But the influence of the world has this. It has a high view of man and an inaccurate view of God. And its focus is on humanity while disregarding God. See, I love being my friends around because we talk about different things. We talk about God, and I can, and Eric will shoot me a text sometimes. Jason, Bob, you know, Clint, we're talking about, and I love coming in town because I learn more stuff about hunting, and they give me some more advice, and I got some more advice this week and, and get a hangout. And, but they give me, they influence me that way. But the main influence that you guys have done for me is influencing me in a godly way. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to get down serious because we are coming up, and Mel just mentioned a while ago, we're coming up on Easter, and it is the catalyst, the best service of the year. Because without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, he would be no different than other religions. Come on. It's not about an Easter egg hunt, even though our church that I attend and out of Our Church uh, we do a huge blow-up. You all will we as well do on, um, are you all doing it March 30th? Is that, huh? Yeah, doing, doing a parade and doing all kinds of things, same as we do. We have petting zoos and all kinds of, we're doing, we're going to do this year, we're going to have some um, uh, characters dress up and bring the kids into the sanctuary and do some different things. And those are all fun. Well, those are fun, fun times. But the bottom line is Jesus died for you. He rose again for you and he can be alive in you if you just say, rescue me. And I thought about this. The influence of the gospel says, be dependent upon God. The influence of the gospel is this. The gospel is God-centered, not man-centered, not centered upon what I want, not centered upon the flesh, but it's man-centered. And it has a high view of God and an in accurate view of man. Now, how can you say that? Because God thinks highly of you. Why? The Bible says he, you are wonderfully and fearfully made. Every single one of us. And we look at us and we're different. We're made different. We're different shapes. We're different sizes. We're different, you know, we're, we're different in all kinds of ways, but he thinks highly of you. God when we think of the gospel focus and the influence of the gospel, focus is on God who offers redemption for man. And I thought about some of these things this week, and this also, there are two primary kingdoms. There's a kingdom of the world, and then there's a kingdom of this world. Now go back to that scripture in um, Colossians. I think I got that, and that maybe lined up. We am give Bucky a time just to go back there one more time. And, and, and as we think of this scripture in Colossians and what it's doing and what it li- lines out for us and what and all Christians have been designed by God to be kingdom ambassadors. Look, it says, for he has rescued us. Have you ever been rescued? I, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. I always love telling stories when I preach. I was uh, probably, I'm gonna guess and say I was 12 years old. We lived out in the country, Uh, we didn't have very much we had I think we had one pig we had one cow one pony a few chickens and I and it was my duty to you know to feed those and milk the cow do whatever we were doing and and uh, one day I had a baseball game, and, and my mom didn't drive, and my stepdad was a truck driver, and he was, he was gone somewhere on a, on a thing, so I had, to, I had to allow myself enough time to get on my bicycle, which was probably about a 10-mile ride to go to practice. And uh, in today's world, kids would say, I quit, there ain't no way I'm going to practice and then have to ride my bicycle to and from. And so I was going to baseball practice, and I was trying to milk the cows, trying to feed the horse, and trying to slop the pigs and get the chicken's eggs and do all this. And, and I remember, remember that, that I, when I was in such a hurry that I just ran over the hill and to get my bicycle. And when I did, I forgot there was a barbed wire, and I ran smack dab into it. I mean, it. a matter of fact, I still got a scar right here where I ripped my Pants, it was summer, so I didn't have no pants. shorts on. We're from Kentucky. We didn't have shoes on. Like, you know, I'm running through the woods, you know, and barefooted and running over, and it rips me. And, 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 I, and I was laying there, and, and no one there that helped me because I was there by myself. The enemy will lie to us many times and tell you you're all by yourself. You, no one else done this, but listen to me. That's not so. Other people are going through some of the same struggles that you are. But Jesus came to rescue you. He came to rescue you. And I'll never forget a few days later, my mom, uh, my, my stepbrother had come in from Colorado, and, and we were going to go swimming. And uh, we don't have swimming pools like, like they did then. We had creeks. We had ponds. We had rivers we fished in. And I'll never forget, There's a big, huge storm huge storm. I didn't know how I was probably, like I said, I was 12 years old. I knew how to swim maybe just a little bit, but we had this huge rain came through, and it washed through the creek, and that same area where I went through the fence, I learned I can't run through there, but the next day, my, uh, my stepbrother said, let's go swimming, and I go up, and I jump, I go into this creek where it's a driveway, and it's really a creek, and it rained so much that used to, I could go in, and probably would be about right here. And it rained so much, and I didn't have enough sense to think it had ra- risen in at all. And so I just jump in. Well, the next thing you know, and I'm going, and I'm, trying, and I'm going, help! And my stepbrother rescued me. And to this day, I always tell him, I wouldn't be here today if you wouldn't have rescued me. But you may not be here today if Jesus didn't rescue you. And if you are here today and you're here for the first time, you've been visiting for a little while, and you come and you say, I'm struggling with some stuff. Listen, you don't have to go through it alone. There are people here that will help you. There are people here that will pray for you. And I'm going to, at the end of service, ask you to come and let them pray for you, whoever is up here, and I'll come down here. I mean, I've got a nine and a half hour drive back home today. That's okay. I'll spend as much time as you want me to here praying with you today. Why do I feel that way? And I mean it. Because I know how much Jesus means to me and what he done for me. And he rescued me and he transferred me into living a spirit-filled life. That I trust the Holy Spirit. That when sometimes when I want to go somewhere and do something, the Holy Spirit says, you shouldn't do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When I want to Dabble in that or do this or do that. Don't do that. An ambassador is an accredited accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative of a foreign country. And I'm going to tell every Christian in here today. How many in here are Christian? Raise your hand real quick if you're a Christian. All right, listen to me. You are Jesus's ambassador to the world. Now we think of the world well what are, no you start right here in Sylvania, Georgia. You start in your city, you start on your job, you start being an ambassador. And and see as all Christians have this ambassador and really what it is have been an ambassador by God to be his representative to people that are in the the two foes kingdom of the world. And kingdom of God, he sent, he got you, rescued you, transferred you into the kingdom of God so you can help rescue people. Listen, Jesus done it, but you need to tell them what he done for you. He's transferred you into that. And, and I can go in a little bit deeper in some things that I don't have time to do today. But if that's true, as we think about people being rescued and, and, and be, you being a representative, if that is true, I'm asking you, what is preventing you to fulfilling the mission call to be the ambassador of those around you? What's stopping you? Well, it's times that, as I've told you, I'm reading through the Old Testament, I'm reading through the Bible chronological and how it happened, and I'll be honest with you, when I first started the first year, Genesis was pretty good. I went through some things, and then I got to Job. And Job was complaining the whole stinking time. The spirit of slap came on me. I want to slap Job if he was here. Like, Job, shut up. I'm getting tired of hearing all this complaints. Complain. And at the end, he was rescued, and God restored everything and even more. But I was struggling reading that. And then I went into Exodus and I, and I saw some things and, and saw stuff. And then now, as I'm in Leviticus and, and I'm learning things, even though I've read it many, many times. But when we think of being an ambassador, what's holding us back from telling people about Jesus? I'm going to say this. I've said a statement here before. You should think Believer's Church is the best church in the world because God called you to be here. He sent you here. God inspired us. He rescued us through his son, Jesus. He transferred us. And I'm thinking about this. Could it be that we have, why do why did we not do that? Could it be that we have an incorrect view of the gospel? Could we have an incorrect view in, in, or an inadequate view of, God, of, of the gospel? The gospel is, listen, first thing is, it's redemption. It's redemption. And and is God is good. Sometimes people think God's a person that's just going to beat you up. And, man, Keith, you messed up this week, man. God's going to get you. He's got a hammer. He's got a piece of wood. He's got a club that's going to hit you upside your head. How many knows God's a good, loving God? He's great. Matter of fact, there's a scripture in the Bible that says it's because of the kindness of God. That leads to repentance. All right. the The second part of that is is the hopeless hopelessness of man. See, men, I see so many people, men and women, that that feel like they have no hope. They feel like they have no hope, and 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 then. But we've got to understand what Jesus is. We've got to understand that He sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead us. He sent the Holy Spirit to speak to us. He's he's and I mean, sometimes we we want to think, well, I I don't want to be like uh, this person. I don't want to be like that. But listen, just trust the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will put you where you need to be. And, and we've got to understand the redemption. Of the repentant sinner, the person that comes, no matter what they've done, no matter what they've, sin they've committed, Jesus can rescue you. The biblical response to the response to the gospel is clearly this: is repentance. I'm going to give you two scriptures, and I'm going to close. I'm going to give you two things that we should do as a church. All right, here's the first one: is a call to discipleship. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and what? Follow me. So that's you as a Christian, right? He said, then he said to the crowd, he said to Believer's Church, if any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take your cross daily. Thank you for cross daily and follow me. And then here's the mission for us as a church. And I love how Clint does it. I watch on things. We talk about stuff. Look at this mission is to make disciples. Matthew 28, verse 18. All the way through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands. And then notice that I've given you. And be sure of this. I love this part. I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Believers Church that's here today, Jesus came to rescue you. He came to transfer you through the Spirit. Amen, y'all stand with me real quick. I don't always know what Clint always does during altar call, but I'm gonna do this this morning. I want everyone to bow your head, I want everyone to close their eyes just real quick, just real, real quick. And I'm gonna just scan the crowd and I'm gonna say, ask this question is there anyone there at all out there that says kenny i need rescued and transferred like you talked about this morning if that's you just lift up your hand i see one hand i see the other one i see that one anyone else I see that one back there anyone else i see that one i'm gonna ask you to do something for me I want the prayer where well, whoever's praying, I want you to go to the area right now. And if you lifted your hand, I want you to be man or woman enough to say, I'm going to be." walk up there right now, and I want Jesus to rescue me. I want him to transfer me. If that's you, step out of your seat right now, right where you're at. Don't don't hesitate. Just do what he If you lifted your hand, come up, and I want you to walk right here to my right. Bob and Tammy's over here, and they're going to pray with you, and I will come down there in a minute. Would anybody be man or woman enough? I'm going to do that. Anyone all? Now the cool thing, is, there's one coming. Thank you. Come on this way. Right over here. Anyone else? It takes courage to walk in front of someone like this. Anyone else? I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you that opportunity. Here comes another person. Anyone else? Let him rescue you. Let him transfer you. Let him do exactly what he's called you to do. Anyone else? cool thing about that is you know what we asked this question and, and I, I felt and I don't always do that because sometimes time wise we try to let the service go a certain time and, and I understand that but you know what here's the cool thing you can do that at your home in your car no matter where you're at you can do that right here and it's so simple all we have to do is say Jesus forgive me of my sins I make you Lord of my life I trust you and then it it, it happens so I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray with you real quick. I'm going to ask you right now, how many here real quick before I go in is that struggle sometimes sharing the gospel? If that's you, just lift up your hand. Come on. If you are, if you struggle sharing the gospel, if you struggle witnessing, if that's you. So I'm going to pray for these people and I'm going to pray for you that lifted your hands on the struggle. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for these that came and those that lifted their hands in the crowd that didn't come. But Lord, right where they're at and in their seat, they can ask you to forgive them and you will do that. And that by saying that, calling out to Jesus, you rescue them and save them. And Lord, there's been people here today that said that they struggle by being that ambassador. They struggle by by sharing their testimony that, you know, we as Clint missed many times in this church does, one step. Lord, help them to make one step towards you. Help them to make one step to share their, their story, their testimony, their love for God, or what God's done for them to with one person, and then increase that in a supernatural way. Lord, I pray for those that are here today. I pray for those today that just minister healing in their bodies. I pray you minister to them. And Lord, even as today as Clint felt inspired that you are our way maker, We trust you, who you are. I I felt as we done communion today that there's people here that need touch in their body and we took communion and I feel right now that if you need touch in your body right now where you're at, just lift up your hand real quick. Just lift up your hand and put your hands toward heaven. Lord, the hands that are raised here today that need healing in their body, that they will be healed completely, whole, right now. Touch their body right now in Jesus' name for what you've done on the cross. For what you've done on the cross. I thank you for it. I thank you for those lives that are changed today. I thank you for it. I want to do one more thing. I want everyone to look up at me real quick. One of the key things that I found that people, when they struggle, is they stop giving praise to God. All right? No matter how much you struggle, don't stop thanking God. So here's what we're going to do real quick. Real quick, my time's almost up. It's probably maybe just a little bit over. I want everyone to lift up their hands real quick and say, God, I thank you. See how easy that was? Do it again. Don't you like when churches say we're going to do this one more time and we ask you to do it three times? Do it one more time. Listen to me, believers, church. I love you. Pray for you often. I thank you. And I thank God for you. Rescue those. Be ambassadors and let God the Holy Spirit rescue them and transfer them into what he has them to do.